Hi everybody, welcome to Wrong Term Memory. As always, I'm Jack. And I'm Colin, and it's a delight to be back speaking to you guys after a little bit of a hiatus. Uh, not too much of one, just a little bit, because life just got really, really busy, Jack, didn't it? I just tons of things started happening. Um, yeah, but we, we spoke to the patrons about it. Public, the people in the public, you don't get to know that stuff. Um, you need to be part of the inner sanctum to have close conversations with us. Aye, but we let patrons know a couple of, couple of days ago, basically. Uh, aye, things were just busy, and uh, we missed out a few, a few nearly, nearly two weeks. So uh, we're back on the horse, and we're doing uh, patron picks, because um, we put a thing up, what, about a month ago or something, asking for suggestions, tons and tons of suggestions, and what we're going to do is just try and get through the ones that we've not covered in the past couple of weeks, basically, Colin, does that sound all right to you? Yes, that does sound good, yes. Um, where did we get to last time then? Where, where are we at? I can't remember where we got to, but where we're at now is Alistair sent in a thing, and he says, I always find um, funny stories about weddings and funerals could be quite good, and he sent a link, and actually, just about five minutes before we came on, I read through the link, Alistair, I don't know if you actually read the link by yourself or just thought it would be a decent idea to put in funny funeral stories. But they're all very heavy vibes of had to be there type thing because it's like every single one ends with and then I burst out laughing. So I don't really want to just read stories like that. But I did find one calling that I'm going to... um, well, they kind of half region, half freestyle, because the way it's written isn't particularly good, but the actual story is decent. So, okay. um, so the grandmother dies, and the family decides that they're going to like she's going to get buried in another side where she was born, and they decide to like go over the top with a buffet and stuff like that. But the buffet doesn't arrive, and it seems to happen all over the world where you want to get pissed at funerals. You know, yes. you want to drown your sorrows, and you want to sort of. Um, Yes, just forget things, perhaps. So they were at the, the the cousin's house. But the cousin's not really planned for this and there's not getting any booze in. So he's getting a bit desperate and he's looking for some booze to, to sort of give people. Finds an unlabeled bottle, opens it and takes a wee sniff and it smells like Picardia or something. He's like, right, I can pass that out. So he's passing out the drinks and everybody starts to feel a bit, a bit iffy. Okay. And then the cousin's mother comes down the stairs and goes, um, why is my medicine bottle there? It turned out that um, he'd been given out rubbing alcohol, and it was medicine for the woman's like sore joints or something like that. Fucking hell! So that's mental. So what is in rubbing alcohol? How how potent is it? Let's have a look. I don't know. Take a look. I I imagine you can get pissed on it, but it's probably the sort of stuff that could make you blind or something like that. Yeah, like, I think it's pretty strong. Alcohol. Yeah, seventy percent alcohol. Yeah, so it's like nearly double uh, double your vodkas basically. Yeah, um, it's a surgical spirit. It's undrinkable. Um, <laughs> That's why people started to feel no well. It's yeah. added. Um, it can be used as an antiseptic. <laughs> I think that's what the, the 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 cousin's mother was using it for, basically, like an antiseptic cream. <laughs> um, that's mad. It was like oh. when you seen seen the videos of. You use the term junkies or alkies, just like drinking. Uh, the hand sanitizer stuff. Yeah, sanitizer bottles of tarps. 
and stuff like that as well. It's one that the alkies were drinking at one point as well, wasn't it? Yeah, like my dad, um, my dad was an alcoholic and like he used to drink in pubs during Govan quite a lot. And I'm not 100% sure about this, but they were selling like sort of this basically poutine, like homemade stuff in, out of some pubs in Govan. And I, I don't know if it's just a generic sort of myth tale, but it was like, yeah, I, I knew guys that went blind drinking the stuff, like literally went blind. Um, and governing like the, would have been the 50s or the 60s or something like that, where you're just desperate for a booze and all you can drink. I sort of, I think it's something that, like, I want to say like woodworm or something like that in it that was just really fucking bad for your eyes. Um, I don't know if that's the right term. I've got woodworm alcohol. Treating wood, or treating woodworm, or maybe it was alcohol that was used to treat woodworms or something like that okay. that they were using, and it made people blind and govern. Uh, there's a there's a there's a whole section on this page about rubbing alcohol called warnings. <laughs> right, okay. What um, do you not do with it apart from drink it? <laughs> Product labels for rubbing alcohol include a number of warnings about the chemical, including the flammability hazards. Right, okay. And it's intended use only as a topical antiseptic. It's not for internal wounds or consumption. It should only be used in well-ventilated areas due to inhalation hazards. Right. And poisoning can occur from indigestion, inhalation, absor- absorption, or consumption of rubbing alcohol. Ah, so, if, have you ever, like, took a big sniff of tops or anything by accident and you do get a bit, a, a bit lightheaded? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It's, you, you do get it. So it'll be like, especially with that 75% stuff, you get, like... People go crazy for absinthe. That's usually about 60% or so. So you're talking something that's a good chunk above absinthe. Have you ever drank absinthe? I have. There was a pub in town called Druffy Kneebrooks, just off George Square. Right. And they they used to have the good stuff. And you were only allowed to buy two shots of it a night. Right, okay. You wouldn't sell you any more than that. And we used to get it in there. I used to work in a hotel. I was 18. And I worked in a hotel in Ingram Street. And we did split shifts. I usually had like two, two and a half hours in between the, like the day shift and the night shift starting. Split we, shifts are the worst. Horrible. Um, we used to go to that pub during the split shifts and have a couple of bites and an absinthe and then go back to work. Um, and then I realised that was just a crazy thing to do and I bought a Cineworld Pass, Cineworld Pass for the, the UGC in Renfrew Street as it was at the time and started going to the cinema during my split shifts. But yeah, we used to go there and drink absinthe and go back to work steaming. I tried it once. And my friend had brought it back from holiday, and we were, we used to drink up his loft when we were like eighteen, nineteen, or whatever, you know. Yeah. And we'd been drinking all night, which probably didn't help. But I took one shot of it, and within thirty seconds, I had to open his his like window in his loft, and was sick yeah. all over his roof. Man, it was the on. I can handle my drink, but it's the one and only time that I've ever took something that's made me sick that quickly. Yeah, it's it's not good news. We had it in our boys' weekend in Aviemore as well, and it was just it's vile, awful. Yeah, it's 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 not created for any other good reason because it's not doesn't taste nice. It's not good. Um, well, it used to be like like I don't know if I'm just getting this from like that, that film about um, with Johnny Depp in it where he he's like addicted to absence and they used to cook it up and like take it alongside opium. And it was like part of a whole, like mixing your drugs and absence was part of it. You know the film I'm talking about? From Dead? Is that Johnny Depp? I know that one. Johnny Uh, Depp. I know that there's a, you're supposed to take it with a sugar cube, aren't you? 
Yeah, so you would bump it up with that. Yeah, so again, that comes from people know what I'm talking about. Johnny Depp, um, ab, absinthe film. <laughs> uh, from Hell, it's called. From Hell, I've never heard of that. It's a horror thriller. Uh, it's about Jack the Ripper. He oh, is yeah. the, Johnny Depp's the, the policeman chasing him, but he's addicted to, I want to say, absinthe and opium. He gets in the bath and it's like a pure ritual, like you says. He puts the sugar cube in, yeah. boils it up. The sugar to, to make it drinkable, basically, I would imagine. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, From Hell. I remember it being an all right film. Heather Graham's in it. Robbie Coltrane. Um, Heather Graham was a fan of her for a while. She, she was in Austin Powers, wasn't she? Yeah, see, that's probably where it was. I was never really... I was in Boogie Nights as well. Hang on. Right. I'm not just going to name films that Heather was in. That's not a great podcast. But yeah. <laughs> That, um, oh wait, you've got a fucking, I don't know whether they bring this up, you've got a secret about funerals, have you not? <laughs> that I, I, I don't know if I should have just flung that out there. It's not a secret per se, but <laughs> right. it's something that I've said in a couple of times and it's generally frowned upon. All right. All right, all right. Okay. I find... Just say I, it, hurry up. I quite like, um, I quite like girls, right, when they're dressed in like black with black tights and stuff like that. So, if it's so good looking last year, if you know, you think she looks super hot because she's yeah, where she's dressed. You know, I always find girls look hotter than they normally do, and <laughs> it's not because they're crying or they're upset or anything. It's literally just because they're wearing usually like a black dress or a black skirt and black tights, and I think that's quite nice. So we into like you wouldn't have been into be goth girls or anything like that when you were younger, but the goth look. I'm more into them now because the goth girls nowadays are very different to the ones that were around when we were younger. Yeah, fair enough. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a whole different vibe now. The whole goth girl thing, but uh, yeah, yeah, I don't mind a goth girl. So I don't. Goth, I wouldn't want to go out with one, but I don't mind them. Goth girl, twenty twenty three. Oh, Billy Eilish is the first person that pops up. Yeah, it's the kind of it's it's the, it's the nose piercing, but it's not the nostril. It's the bit in the middle pierced now is the goth thing. Jesus Christ, is that right? <laughs> Just looking at pictures on a podcast now as well. So Alistair, but I says the other stories were pretty garbage. Like I says, it was like oh, I, I started laughing, then my friend started laughing. We couldn't stop laughing. It was such a laugh. Um, <laughs> but I thought that one was pretty was pretty good, man. So yeah, um, we'll move on. We'll move on to Chris. I think he was maybe trying to throw a curveball in here, as but you cannot curveball us because he asked uh, pubes, like pubic hair, what's the fucking point of them? Well, did you think we weren't going to look that up, motherfucker? <laughs> because <laughs> I was going to, I was going to look it up, <laughs> and I went into the document that we share, and Colin had already done it. <laughs> I had. So, uh, what are the point of pubic hair? Mate? What's the point of pubes? Like, see, so, before I read this article. I'd yeah. have thought it's the same as hair anywhere in your body, like hair in your nose, hair in your ears, is mm-hmm. to stop dirt and shit getting into holes. It's it's actually, they, they say the main reason for it, according right. to Medical News Today website, um, and I've got no reason to disbelieve them, is that its primary benefit to having it is to reduce friction during sex. Right, okay. Uh, but number two is preventing bacteria and other microorganisms from transmitting. Yeah, so that's what I was getting at. Like to, yeah, not, that, that, that's not quite what I was getting at. Actually, I was getting at like, like your nose hair, so that stuff doesn't go in it. Yeah, but this is like it's so you don't transmit stuff. I don't know though. I'm not sure I agree with that because it's 
Like shit lives in here. You know what I mean? Or is that we just automatically think in a pubic life? Well, yeah, you think about that. You also think about the friction stuff. I'd, I don't know. It's a lot. It's a, it's a long time since I experienced sex. Well, not, not that, but since I experienced a, like hairy sex, right, from me or the person. Um, I, I can imagine it would be if, if it's if both people are particularly hairy, it's probably get more of a Velcro effect than. Yeah, but like. I suppose if uh, I'm going to talk about tribbing here, which I presume all of you know about. Uh, is, say that again? Tribbing. I don't know what that is. T-R-I-B-B-I-N-G, tribbing. It's basically scissoring. Oh, right, okay. It's scissoring. Um, if, that was, if they were both cleanly shaven, then there would be more friction there. The hair, I, I get how hair stops friction. Yeah, okay. It's just, I don't know. It's a weird thing. It's... I think it's also like, I think it's cleaner to not have it as well, though. Yeah, it was saying, like, there was a 2017 study saying that pubic hair may help reduce the risk of, like, contracting an STD, but there's not really been any proper studies into it, whether or not, if it's two baldies or one baldy, one baldy, eh, one baldy, one hairy, two hairies. So there's no real, real deep down studies on whether it prevents STDs. But when you're when you're in the shower, Jack, right? Yeah. What percentage of your time in the shower do you spend on your balls? Uh, like fifty percent. Yeah, I think that's I think that's quite common with guys. Um, I saw that there was a I, I saw a thing because there was a thing the other day I was reading about. They said most people don't wash their legs in the shower. I won't. No, I t- I won't like. No, I'm I'm sort of balls, feet, pits about the heat under my tits and then just the water kind of rub. I don't like rub my knees or anything like that, no. Yeah, see, that's, most people don't wash their legs in the shower. They just think that the water the, runs what? in there so it'll be, get, it'll be done sort of thing. Is that wrong? I think it is wrong, yeah. You should wash your legs, I think. Um, but there was like a diagram of like a, a man's body and it was split into percentages and it was like 5% the head, 5% under each arm, but... And the rest was just all the boss. It's probably run about it's probably run about fifty percent now. I'd say maybe twenty percent for my pits and run about that area. Fifteen percent hidden, then five percent like in each each foot, one foot each, just in between the toes and that. Yeah. So you're very lucky though, because you don't have to do you don't have to have like any sort of shampoo routine No, routine. I don't I don't need to do any of that. Lad. I do I do occasionally put a little bit of shampoo and conditioner on my beard. Um yeah. but no, I don't have luscious locks like yourself, Colin. Yeah, I'm. I'm off. I'm awfully lucky. I'm so, awfully... Uh, so do you think uh, is there is there such a thing as too much or too little, Colin? Oh, there's definitely a thing too much. A hundred percent, that's too much. You don't want the but, you don't want the Jackson Five poking out. Ah, uh, yeah, but when it comes to actual sort of like when it comes to hygiene and stuff like that. No, I don't. I think like looks they, wise, medically wise. No, I don't think there is a such thing as uh. too much or too less. I think this is a, this is a this is just a lot of this just goes down to personal preference, really, doesn't it? And it's you might prefer your partners some way, they might prefer yours that way, and you come together as a partnership, sort of. You sort of agree to a, a, a pubic routine, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just reading ahead, sorry, and I'm in shock because I think I must fall into the tiny 5% here because reasons people remove it. Mm-hmm. Pubic hair grooming and removal are fairly common behaviours among adults. 
In fact, according to one 2015 study, 95% of participants had removed the pubic hair at least once in the previous month. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm lucky if I shaved my pubic fucking, like, twice in my life, man. Twice in your life? Oh, like, I fucking never trim or shave my pubes. Fucking hell. Um, <laughs> I'm obviously in the fucking minority here, but no, I don't. I'm not a trimmer. Like, no. Maybe, maybe when I was a little bit younger, I thought it was out on the game or whatever, but especially the last. I've shaved my pubes in the last 10 years. There must be a jungle down there. It's just, it's just got to settle down to like <laughs> the same amount that's been there. Right. It's not like they keep. It's not like they keep going. Yeah, I suppose. If you, I bet you, if you trimmed them now after all this time, you'd you'd probably get a good inch or so back on your cock. <laughs> Maybe I, but my actual cock's not going to be any bigger. No, but it, it, <laughs> it might look a bit bigger. Ah, but I still know what's I still look at it and go, like, oh, bastard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every, day, every day, no matter how often I do it, I just look at it and go, oh, fucking hell, it's still only eight inches. <laughs> Aye, very good. Personal preference, yeah. Their partner's preference is why to use that increased satisfaction. So there was a 2019 study suggested a correlation between public hair removal practices and relationship satisfaction. There you are. Um, preparation for sexual activity, I think that's when you're in your teenage years. Like, here we go. Shaggers get out tonight. Um, <laughs> may as well clean up down there. Peer pressure? <laughs> what? Uh, what group of peers, like what group of guys going like, you better shave your pubes? I, no, I, I bet there definitely is a bit of that, especially, I, I bet you in like, the dressing room type of world. And, um, uh, maybe. And all that, you'd, I'd imagine like, if you if you had all hundreds and hundreds of pubes and nobody else did, you'd be called like, Pubie Pete or something, wouldn't you? It would happen. Um, so uh, I can see, I see that from that point of view. Um, yeah, yeah, I can definitely see that happening. Um, you know John Cena? Uh, well, not of him, yeah. Uh, um, he follows me on Twitter, by the way. Um, but and he actually does, which is really weird, but he does. Um, John Cena spends one hour every single day removing every bit of hair in his body. How did you do that? Whack, shave, uh, wax? I think it's a razor, yeah. I think it's a, a razor. A veet, perhaps. No, that's dangerous stuff, that. You need to get the timing spot on. Do you? Yeah. Cause that's, that's what it says here. Like the best ways to remove are shaving, waxing. You can use chemicals, uh, but sensitive skin may burn. I'm yeah. a pretty sensitive skin. If I use scented stuff, I usually come out a bit of a rash. Aye. So I'm like fucking dove, sensitive, whatever, just a fucking basic one. Yeah, John Cena, an hour every day doing that. He's like OCD about it or something. He thinks it's disgusting to have any hair other than your hair in your head. Alright, fair enough. Which is weird. Yeah, that's a, another good question for one of our listeners. Funerals and pubes so far, what's next? I uh, don't know. You tell me, where are we? Uh, it's Blair this time. Oh, Blair, a frequent contributor to the show. Right. And he has asked us our favourite cult movies. You kind of spoke about this in our show, actually, like if you want like cult movies. Um, the Toxic Avenger was something that I watched many years ago. He, he did send the link. Well, I found the link just of the Rolling Stone top twenty-five cult movies. Yeah. Because I don't really know how you would describe a cult movie. No, I don't either. Like, 
I would automatically think a cult movie would have to have a quite a small niche kind of audience almost. Yeah. Because once it's got a mass audience, how sort of niche and cult can it be? Yeah. And that's, I what, that. and that's why we'll, we'll, we'll just go through this. I don't want to just read out a bunch of films, right? But see, Army of Darkness is on this list, which I think would be a cult film. Have you ever seen Army of Darkness? Never it absolutely that, petrified me when I was about, I think it was seven or eight when it came out. Right. And I must have watched it when I was nine or ten, getting it from Azad Video or whatever, or Global Video in Glasgow. Um, and it's kind of like, a, it's a comedy horror, but at that age you don't see the comedy in it at all. Um, I've not went back and watched it since then, I don't think. But I think that kind of typifies what a cult movie is, whereas there's other ones in the list that we'll maybe get to. I just scanned through the list. There's some excellent films on this list, actually. Yeah, we'll just we'll just try and very very quickly go through them. Then, like I say, we don't want to just list films. But with Neil and I, I think you need to be of a certain age to have watched that. Um, I have haven't seen it. It's excellent. It's really really good. But I'd, I've got no desire to see it again now. If you know what I mean. Yeah. So, like, I, I would think a cult movie would then would perhaps have rewatchability. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true, I suppose. Maybe I would watch it again. I just, I, I'm not at the stage anymore in my life where my life revolves around getting pissed and drinking and stuff like that, so it doesn't have the same appeal to me. I'd, I'd probably watch it now and be more worried about them than I did when was the first time I watched it, I was laughing at it, if you know what I mean. Right, okay. I know a lot of people that, I know a lot of people that like it, but again, I would think a cult film would have to have rewatch ability. Uh, the Princess Bride is one that I have not seen either. You killed my father. Prepared to die. Uh, it's a great film. Great film. Um, Andre the Giant's in it as well. I knew Andre the Giant was in it, um, but I've never, I've never watched it. Like I don't really get the whole setting and stuff like that. Basically, it never really appealed to me even as a youngster. I think you'd like it. You think? I think you would. Yeah. And maybe maybe it was just because it's called The Princess Bride. Yeah, it, it's not like that. It's just mm-hmm. it's about a princess. But it's more, it's funny and it's quite quotable and stuff. Honestly, I think you would like it. Mm-hmm. Not seen that one, have you? Nope. Not seen this one, only heard about it? Yeah, I've heard about it, not seen it. Yeah, The Room, uh, Tommy Wishu or Vishu or something like that. Um, don't know that one. Clerks is one that I would probably definitely say was a cult movie. 100%, yeah. Yeah, I watched that many, many years ago. I think as well, one that sort of is a tick on Clerks' side is that it's low budget. Yeah. I think we're kind of hard pushed to say that a really high production value film could be a cult classic. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, I don't know. There's some in this list that certainly are high budget. Right, okay, right. Yeah, Cler- I think Clerks definitely fits in that category for sure. Oh, yeah, see, the next one's a fucking massive budget film, so uh, I could see... Um, that's Blade Runner, by the way. Never seen it. Never seen it, either. Never seen it. But again, I, another thing that perhaps this has got something that goes towards cult is setting, basically. Like, it's got like a... Well, that, that's obviously a sort of dystopian, futuristic type thing, so do you think the setting has any impact on whether or not you would consider something a cult film? I don't know. 
I, I just if I was like tied down and made to define what cult means, Aye. I just think it's a fantastic film that that didn't have a massive box office success. Blade Runner was was a that must have made tens, if not hundreds of millions. Yeah, Blade Runner. Did, but that, that's probably not what I see as a cult film. Yeah, okay, no, that's fair enough. See, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, I would say, yes, a cult, because weird setting, probably pretty low budget, quotability, definitely, the nights that say knee and all that sort of stuff comes from that. So, yeah, let's get two or three tick boxes for me. Have you seen that film? I kind of think you you probably haven't. Yeah, I have. You have? What were your thoughts? I liked it, yeah, I thought it was funny, I thought it was quotable, I thought it was... I had that silly sort of humour that I enjoyed when I watched it. It's like, it's not, it's it's not like, it's no mad rush to go back and see it. But again, yeah, yeah I wouldn't rush to go and see it again. But at the time, I enjoyed it. It was funny, and I thought it was quite clever at times and stuff. Um, would I enjoy it as much now? Maybe not. I don't know. It's made nineteen seventy five as well, so I'd yeah. imagine it's definitely shown its age. Fight Club's one of my favourite films ever, top ten. Um, again. Pretty low, even though Brad was it pretty low, low budget for that. It's like an indie film with big actors in it. That's when Brad Pitt was going through that stage of sort of kind of not studio backed films. Maybe I'm getting that wrong. Edward uh, Norton was maybe on the comeback, like he wasn't maybe as big a star as at that time, 22 years ago, 23 years ago when it came out. Yeah, you might have been. It's there's a there's a there's a version of it you can get now, Jack, which you might quite enjoy. Somebody's went went through it and digitally removed Brad Pitt from the film, so he's not in it at all. Um, right, okay. The audio's still there, so you actually get to watch it, see Ned Norton just interacting with himself the whole time, like as he actually is, sort of thing. Sorry for the spoilers in a twenty year old film, there, folks. Um, yeah. So that that does sound quite interesting. Does. Have you watched it? Have you seen it? Have you seen I've parts seen of it? Clips from it. I've never watched the whole thing in that way, but I've mm. seen clips of it. And it's quite clever how they've done it. No, that sounds quite interesting because yeah, I love that film. You know, like if he flashes up seven or eight times during it and stuff like that. It's got a weird, it's got a weird setting. It's pretty dude heavy. Um, as as uh, that's not my words. That's this words, but it's like a guy heavy audience because of the sort of genre, I don't know I any... It's going to only promote, it's going to appeal uh, to guys more than girls, I would think. I don't know any women that like Fight Club. No, I don't think I do. <laughs> don't know any women. <laughs> 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 so, that fucking puts that idea in the bin. Um, this is one that I know people absolutely love and lots of people always seem to have a go at me for not ever watching the Blues Brothers. Oh, Jack, I'm going to have a go at you now. Watch the Blues Brothers, it's great. The music's brilliant, the chat's brilliant, it's just cool, man. You'd like the music as well, I think. I think you'd get the music would quite appeal to you. Just never really into Belushi and stuff like that, I don't think. Yeah. Um, no, it's good, like, shake your tail feather and stuff like that, and some of the lines are great. It's, it's a cult, I'd say it's a cult film as well, though, because it's got a, it's got an, another thing about a cult, of, a cult film, I think, is it's got an audience which might not be the biggest audience in the world, but the audience that do like it adore yep. it. That's a big thing. Aye, the audience will. It's not that they won't hear a word against it, but they're very passionate about how good it is. Yeah, like how passionate I was about Fight Club being brilliant. Now, yeah, yeah. So that would, that would definitely. I, yeah, yeah. No, that's a really interesting point. You don't just have like a sort of passing sort of. That was all right. 
cult cult films, if people like them, they adore them, they love them to bits. Um, that's probably the better. That's probably the better description for it. The next one in the list is the Warriors. Surely you've seen the Warriors. Yeah, again, twenty odd years ago, my one of my pals who's right into films at the time. Don't speak to me anymore. I'm not in a while. Um, <laughs> like massively into films would I say make me watch these? He would stick them on, and yeah, the Warriors was all right. Very weird setting, low budget again. Not a weird, as a weird setting because it's New York, but it's like seventies dystopian stuff. Like when country dressed up like fucking with waistcoats and shit on, and there's other people dressed up like fucking baseball players and shit. Um, weird art style as well, maybe to cult movies, some cult movies, I suppose. Yeah, there's definitely some of that. Too. I like The Warriors; it's a good film about how long would it be ago? I'd say probably about fifteen, sixteen, seventeen years ago. About twenty years ago, I watched it. Well, about 20 of us went to the garage at Halloween dressed as the Warriors. Ah, right, okay. Like, yeah, mutual folk, you know, like Tony Hibbard and all that sort of stuff. It was great. Dazed and Confused, sort of almost in the same sort of universe as Clerks, almost. And, and Well, maybe not in the same universe, but in the sense it's got Ben Affleck and stuff like that in it. Yeah, um, I've, I've never seen that film. Neither and I. it was screened this month or last in September. It was screened again in Odeon as one of their old films that they put on. I was going to go see it, but it clashed with a Rangers game. Um, so I'd quite like to have seen it, but I haven't seen it yet. Emilio Estevez, Charlie Sheen's brother, was in a film called Repo Man that I think i seen about 25 years ago. And that's the only time I've ever seen it. Never went back to it. Does doesn't particularly interest me, to be honest with you. It gets weird, as far as I remember, pretty quickly. Like I didn't know what I was ex- expecting when I was like thirteen or something. I got it out of the video shop, and it just got too weird for me. I think I just thought, oh dear, no, not for me. Um, a razor head. Again, a film I've seen once in my life. Um, that's all I've got to say about it, man. Sorry, <laughs> what were you seen it? Never seen it. I'm just reading here about it. About a man who lives in a nightmarish future and he has an extremely deformed child. <laughs> so that's, if that's the blurb, then it sounds it does sound a bit mental. Donnie Darko was a film that I really quite enjoyed, but again, that would have been around about the same time that Fight Club was out, a couple of years after Fight Club, but there was a sort of, I don't want to say litany, but there was a, quite a lot of, I suppose, sort of smaller indie films come out that were sort of quite exciting at the time, if you know what I mean. It's, it's a fantastic film, Donnie Darko. It's really good. Well, I don't think I understood it. don't think I've, I've watched it a couple of times. don't quite think I've wrapped my head around it, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, Jake Gunnell's really good in it. Um, you've got Patrick Swayze as the pedo, which is quite good. Um, and you've got... Who's the woman that's in it? Who's the woman in Donnie Darko? Um, I want to see Maggie Gyllenhaal, but it's not, is it? Oh, is it not Drew Barrymore? Can't mind. Whoever it is, she she talks about how the the most alluring word, the word if like phonetically, the words if you put the word cellar and the word door together, like cellar door, apparently that is the most beautiful sound the human voice can make. Cellar door. Cellar door, man. Right. <laughs> Maybe not when you say it. <laughs> it's, get, get open that cellar door. Yeah. Yeah. Get your get your pants off and open that cellar door. Never right. seen Phantom of the Paradise. No, nope, never seen that. Sounds garbage. A rock version of Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. Evil Dead. Never seen that. Never seen it. 
Pink Floyd The Wall, never seen it. Heard the song, never seen it. Harold and Maud, never, never seen, seen it. it. <laughs> These are like we're counting down now, by the way. This is at number six. Yeah, uh, A Clockwork Orange, That Friend, that we're speaking about two minutes ago. Mm-hmm. While watching The Warriors, uh, maybe watch Clockwork Orange. Okay, did you enjoy thought, it? Thought it was shite. <laughs> yeah, I didn't enjoy it either, but I think I watched it when I was a wee dafty. I might, I might enjoy it more if I watch it as an adult that maybe gets films a bit better. Nah, I thought it was crap. Uh, number four, Pulp Fiction. Yeah, obviously a fantastic film. Again, hmm, would I consider it cult? Because everybody likes Pulp Fiction, do they not? Yeah, I, I don't know many people that have seen Pulp Fiction and didn't like it. Uh-huh. Um, it's wonderful. Similar to that Fight Club story about the different cut of it, um, there's a, there is a cut of Pulp Fiction. An order. Watch, it's uh-huh. all an order, yeah. Yeah. It be quite cool to watch, I think, at some point. Um, number three is This is Spinal Tap. Never seen it. Only thing I can tell you about Spinal Tap is that all their musical instruments, rather than having them up oh, at 10, dropped, they put them to 11, didn't they? to 11, yeah. Um, number two, The Big Lebowski. Yeah, t- didn't, never seen it. It's very tried, tried to watch it, mm-hmm. and I don't know... I don't wish on like a wank if I wasn't in the right mood or mindset or something to watch it. I just didn't quite get it. Yeah. Like, people were like, this film's fucking brilliant. And maybe <laughs> that's what puts you off when somebody bigs up something so much. Because everybody in my sort of friend circle, maybe in my late teens, early 20s, were like, oh, the big Lebowski's like one of the best things ever. I watched yeah. it, I was like, I never finished watching it. I was like, I don't really get, I don't get it, man. Nothing's happened. There was a bar in Sucky Hall Street called Barcelona. Right. And we used to go there and drink white Russians and black Russians because of that film. They used to do like Big Lebowski drinks promos and it was always white Russians and black Russians. Oh, I've drank plenty of them in my in my drinking days. Is that what it sort of is that what it sort of started, the Big Lebowski then? I don't know if I it's it didn't that... start there, but is that maybe why the the, yeah, the mayor came into them. the aura? Like yeah, old fashions come in when Mad Men was out. Like everybody yes. was drinking old fashions. Yeah, exactly. And I do enjoy an old fashions. The old fashions are nice. We have talked before about another bowling movie, though, Kingpin, which I think I probably enjoy more. Yeah, Kingpin's better than The Big Lebowski, in my opinion, yeah. Yeah. We're going to get some real hate for that, but... Yeah, you probably will, but... Oh, this one is for... I was, I was going to get this cancelled there. The Rocky Horror Picture Show is not for me, basically, is what I'm trying to get at. Rocky Horror Picture Show is fantastic. Is it? It's fantastic. The songs are brilliant. Um, the story's good. Um, I like the original one, the kind of Richard O'Brien um, from the Crystal Maze directed the original one. Um, right. There was a remake done by, I think it was ABC in America, maybe 10 years ago, and that was excellent as well. Um, there was a couple of new songs as well that were in it. I really, really like Rocky Horror. That's another one that's back in the cinema for Halloween. It's, got, it's on in the Odeon. See, is this, is this not the one where lots of people, when they go and see it, fucking dress up and shit like that? You dress up and there's loads of actions. And yeah, like that, things you shout out and stuff like that. Yeah. That makes me want to fucking kill myself. <laughs> I can't think of anything worse than going to the cinema and people shouting out all the words and shit like that. Yeah, and like that's... getting up and dancing. Fuck off. Does Watch it, it in your house that? if you're going to do that, you prick. Yeah. <laughs> Even the theatre productions of it are the same. People shout out and do all the actions and all this. Oh, no. and stuff. Mm. Um, well, I presume that's why it's at number one, because it has got that cult following. 
Yeah, it absolutely does. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so it's probably a good number one from Rolling Stone now, to be fair. Yeah. I'm just not part of that cult. Maybe one day. Maybe one day, Colin. Yeah. Um, just, right. Um, yeah, so Neil, Neil Buchanan entered our competition a couple of weeks ago and he won a Wi-Fi leak detector from Exchange. And it was that good that he decided to buy some more stuff from them. Um I think it was a carbon monoxide detector he was buying as well. So he's went out and used Xsense, and he seems pretty happy with the stuff that he's got from them. They do like smoke alarms, carbon monoxide alarms, security systems designed to keep you and your loved ones safe. Colin, also easy to install and stuff like that, yep. Super, super easy to install, yeah, really good um, because of the smart technology it uses. It's almost just plug and play, connects to your Wi-Fi, and you're laughing, and you've got that kind of peace of mind then. Xsense is always on guard. And you can protect what matters most with Xsense. You can visit their uh, their website, um, which is xsense.com. X-Sense. What's that? X-Sense. X-Sense, yes, to be saying it right. And they've also got a store on Amazon, which is well worth checking out as well. And um, Neil's over the moon with us. He, he, he messaged the other day to say that it's alerted them to three possible leaks so far. They've been nipping the bud and fix. And if it wasn't for XSense, he'd be up to his knees in water probably at the moment. So he would be up to his really Yeah, so XSense are top potatoes. Go and buy some of their stuff. Definitely. Uh, Russell's been in contact. Um, what did you spend your lunch money on as a kid? Or Thomas Edison? Because that's like, <laughs> like, like we'll speak about one of these things. So I don't really want to speak about Thomas Edison. Uh, that, I, I need to do some good going for I talk about Thomas Edison because. I, I, heard, I heard he was a total cunt, basically. Just light bulbs is all I know about him, really. Uh, he used to steal a lot of shit and sell that. It was horrible to work with, I think. Oh, okay. Anyway, uh, I spent my lunch money, mostly on my lunch. Um, but I, I know what you're getting at, like, spending it only in half your lunch. It would, depends what age I was. Once I got to, like, maybe 14 or something, it would be cigarettes, which is bad news. Um, but up to then, it was lunch, uh, because I was wanted to eat my lunch. Yeah, no, we used to save ours. Um, we used to walk past one of the boys' houses on the way to school and his mum and dad went to work and left him in the house on his own in the morning to go to get himself out to school. And me and a couple of our boys would always go and get him in the mornings and make sandwiches from his kitchen and then pocket the lunch money that we'd been given to buy lunch sort of thing. Um, his poor mother had no idea how our, our fridge was getting emptied on a daily basis, basically. Um, we we would make a couple of sandwiches, take them with us, and then save up our money to buy originally a quarter bottle of vodka, and we would pour that into a glass bottle of bars juice, usually pineapple for me, and then we upgraded it to a half bottle of vodka, and it was a half bottle of vodka, which is like three hundred and thirty mils, or so, isn't it? Yeah, three fifty mils, something like that. Putting that into a seven fifty mil bottle of bars pineapple. So it's basically a third vodka, two thirds pineapple. Is that right? No, it was almost yeah. half and half. Almost half and half, mate. Yeah. Almost half and half. It was fucking brutal. It was, I, yeah. I couldn't do it now, but at 16, 17, no bother. I used to get Robinson diluting orange because it put a half bottle in it. Jesus. Just to, get the, just to get the vodka taste away a bit more than just normal juice. But I suppose if that's where you're getting at, but like in primary school and stuff like that, um, once you got to P7, you could, you probably wouldn't like, like you do this nowadays, you could go with the chippy. Oh, uh, yeah. And sort of P7. 
Yeah, I'm going to chip and get uh, like a roll of chips and stuff like that. Yeah, or go to the bake. Used to go to the bakers and get a pie and beans. Remember doing that? That was the bakers, near us. Um, but yeah, that was that was all good stuff, saving up that money. Hi was, Charlie. That's my dub just come in. I was um so I was saving up the lunch money, so I think it was like two pounds a day, right? So that was a tenner at the end of the week. I had a paper round it was getting me maybe fifteen pounds a week, so that was twenty five pounds. And I had a weekend job in a shop working like Saturday and Sunday mornings, like which is another twenty five quid. So I was minted when I was younger, it was great. And then I'd get pocket money as well. Probably better off then then than I was now. I don't really see why you would need to save your fucking lunch money if you've got the jobs, man. Like, I was and I wanted to do stuff. I see. I'm talking about being fucking eleven and twelve now at primary school. I see. I was talking about 14, 15, 16 sort of thing. All right, aye. Um... I remember spending when I was younger. I remember spending my lunch money, but part of it on like football stickers and stuff like that. Aye, aye. When you were younger. Yeah, I remember doing that. Bye. Um... When I got to, like when I got to 16, I get EMA for going to school. So you get 40 quid a week for going to school. That's good. Um, which was good. Um, a bursary type thing. Nice you one. Get, you would get that once a month. Did you get but, to keep it? Yeah. Yeah, so you're getting like 160 quid. And at that age, when that 160 quid went directly into your your bank account as a 16-year-old, it was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, it was pretty good. Stuarty boy is asking, what is acceptable nightwear? So I woke up this morning and my boys were killing me. What's <laughs> your shirt? <laughs> this is Stuart. Hey. Reading, I'm reading Stuart's thing here. <laughs> my boxers had ridden right up the middle of, um, right up in the middle of the night and my whole moz were getting throttled. Wife doesn't, <laughs> I love this sentence because of the last word. <laughs> Wife doesn't trust me going commando in case I leave a skiddy on the sheets again. <laughs> <laughs> Should I purchase bedtime nightwear? Is it acceptable for a grown man to wear pajamas? Um, I sleep naked, so uh, that that's that's what I would do, and wipe your ass right, and then you'll no get skiddies on the fucking the bed. I mean, but, um, I'm a I'm a naked sleeper. I don't don't really have any issues. I do have. I've got like a pajama bottoms type thing. I wear about the hush, but I don't wear them to go to sleep. No, you'd, you'd overheat with all the pubes you've got. Your pubes will be keeping you warm in the night. You don't need any pajamas. Exactly. That's probably why I sleep naked, eh? <laughs> no, I sleep, I sleep naked as well. Maybe some nights I'll sleep just in boxers, but it's near enough naked. And because I've got quite a well-refined now uh, arse-wiping routine, I don't tend to leave skid marks on the, on the bed, so I get away with that as well. I think it's completely acceptable for a guy to wear pajamas, but not to bed. I think I just think sit, sitting about the house. I, I don't know. I don't know how you can go to fucking bed wearing like basically <laughs> trousers and a shirt. Trousers. I mean. <laughs> it's not for me. But the question, I don't like questions that start with, is it acceptable for a man to wear pajamas? Like, of course it is. If you want to wear pajamas, do it. Who gives a fuck? It's in your own house. It's in your own bed. Do whatever you like. Um, but it's not for me just because I would overheat. I'd be roasting my pajamas on in bed. I'd maybe try a pair of, I mean, loose-fitting PJ bottoms, whatever. Like, you know, that almost like just big long boxer shorts, basically. Uh huh. Yeah. Like a, a pair of them, if they if they're riding up, they might be all right. They might help you in bed, and then you you'll not get skiddies again. It's just comfort, isn't it? Like, I don't know about you, but do you remember, like, before 
before lockdown started, right, and before like work from home started and things like that, you would wear jeans every day, right? And jeans were quite comfortable and you quite liked wearing jeans. Right, now I'm lucky if I wear jeans three or four times a month and when I wear them, jeans aren't comfortable anymore because I'm so used to wearing shorts and jogging bottoms and stuff around the house when I'm working. Yeah, I, I wear sort of, I don't know, I don't know the term for them. Like, not quite khakis. You, like, you, 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 you quite like a chino? It's like a chino type thing, but it's like sort of get the ankle strap thing at the bottom type thing. So it's, got, it's cuffed at the bottom? Cuffed at the bottom, aye. I've yeah. got a few pairs of them because you can wear them to, I can wear them to work, basically. Yeah. But I jeans, I had a pair of jeans on for the first time in years, I think. Why did I put the jeans on? I don't know why. I think maybe everything was, like, literally it was like, like the washing basket was full or something. And yeah. it was like, I needed a pair of trousers and I just picked them out and it was just like black, basically skinny jeans. And it was rubbish, man. It was like, yeah. fucking hell, this is crap. <laughs> it's, it's bad. Whereas I used to remember I lived in jeans because jeans were comfy and stuff like that. But then it's weird how you just get used to wearing shorts and joggers every day when you work from home. And now it's putting on jeans is like, fucking hell, put on jeans, man. Yeah, that is rubbish. Um, right, Craig has asked a question and so has Paul. But I tell you what, we're going to do that in a bonus for patrons. We'll do that in a, in a bonus show. Yeah. And good we'll night. wrap this show up now then, Colin, how does that sound? That sounds good, I enjoyed that, some good chat and discussion, um, and I suppose a big thank you to the patrons, because it wouldn't be possible without them. Not only, not only do they pay us to listen to this, they're now supplying the content. Yeah. Again, leave comments if you get anything, any interesting articles you find, you can um, put them in the comments, like I said, or at Romtown on Twitter, I presume most of you know that I'm, I'm on there, or at, at Colin. Yeah, um, Colin. Um, yeah, I, I don't have enough followers, so please come and give me some more. I can't get enough of them. You cannot get enough. I'm not getting enough. I'm he's obsessed a, with that. He's but. a greedy little boy when it comes to followers. So yeah. Yes, sir. I love it. Or X, you, I should say. Yeah, I've, I've still, I don't think I've ever used the term X. Yeah, I've started calling it X, but I, I call it X when I'm talking about it, but I still call a post on it, a tweet. Do you repost stuff or retweet it? I still I retweet it, even though when I click the button, it says repost. See, it's what he wants. Mm-hmm. It's what he wants. Right. Yeah, Craig, Paul, we'll get to those questions. And I'm going to admit, we're going to plumb some pretty low depths in the next bonus episode. So um, if you've not signed up already, patreon.com forward slash wrong term memory. Speak to you soon. Bye. Colin, I personally don't think there's anybody still listening and if they are, they're pretty hardcore long-term memory fans and I would be expecting them to go and sign up to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash wrong-term memory or by clicking the link in the show notes. Absolutely. And if for whatever reason they can't do that and paying for content isn't their bag, they can still offer us continual support by leaving a rating and a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Mm-hmm.